Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Stay tuned with the two of two O's. Sci-Fi Saturday Night. We will begin a mass invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. It is now time for us to put Earth under our roof. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess that you will give you witchcraft. You expect me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message to bring your people. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Five by Saturday night. From a place in one of the dark spider webbery corners deep in Area 51, hello and welcome to TalkCast 330, this week's edition of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Snacking on a recycled box of peppermint Cheetos, I am the Dome. Joining the TalkCast tonight, some of the gang is with us. In the Acton TARDIS reseating inferno, our technical anarchist, this week arguing with doors and cats, Kriana. That's what they call me. It depends. Returning from pruning his sport collection as he writes the new magnum opus, Hey, That's My Plastic, a fond memory of cafeterias throughout the Midwest, our Midwestern correspondent, the guy who likes shiny stuff, Awake by Java. Bonjour. <laughs> Bonjour. Okay, Java, what are you playing tonight? Uh, tonight we're playing No Man's Sky again. Again, still, actually. Still, actually. For yeah. how long have you been playing this now? Oh. Going on three weeks? This is, oh, week, this is week five. Five? Wow. Wow. That's yeah. somewhat of a record. Well, I, I, you know. Why has it held your attention this long? There, there are lots of reason, things that I could say about No Man's Sky, and, and they've been said ad nauseum on the internet, uh, but I just like it. And uh, and there's nothing else that's really kind of around that I'm compelled by right now, aside from it. I mean, I don't know. There's a there's a guy. What is his name? It's he's like a DIY guy on the internet, and uh, and he talks about like um, temporary obsessions. I Can guess this that you be could, one of them. I guess that you could call this a temporary obsession. Like, my obsessions don't usually last too long. Uh, so, I don't know. I think that this uh, game probably has an expiration date. But I've got a few more uh, achievements that I can finish. And um, I, I really like seeing the stupid animals and making them my friends and follow me around like a Pied Piper. Um, so, 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 I'm playing it still. Okay, so what's, for those of us who haven't played it, and I have no intention of ever playing it for any possible reason, but are just kind of interested. What's the story? Uh, there's no, there's no story. Keep sounding positive, Dome. That's the key. There, there's no story. Um, there's just planets, and you go to them, and they look vaguely similar to all the other planets, and there's some differences, but not very many. And there are animals that all kind of look the same. Way to sell it, Java. 
Yeah. <laughs> You're selling the hell out of it right now. Um, I'm playing it already. <laughs> no. I and don't. you have a spaceship. Uh, it's the the thing that I think is really uh, kind of interesting about it, and one of the things that drew me to it, and ke- it probably keeps me playing it, is that I can just like get in my spaceship and fly off the planet, and there are no loading screens. And until you've done that in a game, like it doesn't. If you've been playing games as long as I have, uh, it's it's like one of those really obvious things that is not obvious. Okay. Um, No, I kind of get what you mean by that. You should be able to get in a spaceship and fly off of a planet, and then go to another planet in the solar system and land on it. Without, you know, finishing your mission. Being forced to finish your mission. Right. Um, and and so that's kind of one of the things that I think really kind of just draws me in about this game. They're, they're, that is the, one of the things. Uh, so you, you, do, you do have more control over your environment, both inner and outer environment, than most games give you. Yeah. And and so uh, I just I, I like it. I mean, there's okay. lots of other games out there uh, to play right now. I mean, Madden is out if you want to play a football game, but <laughs> do, not really my bag, it's man. Kind of one of the most horrible things to do with in a video game is like sports. I've never understood why there's any well fun in that. I'll tell you what. Uh, just to play devil's advocate, I have also played the heck out of MLB 2016, the show. Really? Yeah. Um, I baseball. If there's a sport that I that I pay attention to, it's baseball, um, and I really like it. And I like because pl- I can be a pitcher, and a pitcher just pitches. That's true. So all I do is pitch, and I've got this career. It's fantastic. It's a lot of fun. It's relaxing. I- I'd like to rephrase that. To a pitcher just throws shit really yeah. well. You do yeah. one thing, and you well, do not it just, well. But it's not like just shit. It's like baseballs. Sure, you throw one thing very <laughs> really well. well. It could be a baseball. <laughs> it could be goslings. Yeah, yeah that would true. be fun too. Uh, Some people so anyway, juggle goslings. That's true. You could be Something. playing kitty poker for all you know. The, Anything could. One of the funny full of possibilities. One of the funny things that came out of No Man's Sky was actually a game at Ludlam Dare, which is a uh, 36-hour game um, festival where people make games in 36 hours. And one of the ones that came out of there was No Mario's Sky, and it was a 2D (laughs) side. Well, that's very topical. Right. So you play through your Mario level, then you get in a ship and you blast off and you fly to another planet which is also, the whole thing is procedurally generated. So you can fly to an infinite number of planets in this game. And uh, and it's a 2D side-scroller where you're also Mario. Well, Come Nintendo... Come to find out! Yeah. Nintendo didn't take too kindly to that. Oops! So they asked for, I think it was a total of like 300 and something games to be taken down. Because they were all basically infringing copyright, and so the people who made No, no Mario Sky changed their game to be No DMC A Sky, 
and um, poked fun at the whole thing. Uh, I still have a copy of No Mario Sky, though. That I don't know that you you realized that that Nintendo just released or just announced their side-scrolling iOS game, right? Yes, they did, but you can't get in a spaceship. Ah, uh, okay. That's that's really the only difference from what I heard, though. Well, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I am excited about that, actually. Do, do with that what you will, yeah. I guess. So, are you going to be live playing during the show again tonight? I am playing live. You can check me out on Twitch. Uh, right now, I'm standing on top of a mountain because I was distracted by the conversation. I'm also okay, well, playing a game, but you cannot see me live on Twitch. Okay, that's fine. And yeah, and while Java's playing his game live on Twitch, and you can watch it live as as we're doing the show. Our guest tonight is uh, Daniel White. Daniel, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. Ah, it's a pleasure. Daniel is the artist who does a web comic called. Oh, you forgot the name of the webcomic, didn't you? No, no, I was just looking at big Dramatic pause. Yeah, Hardcore <laughs> and lethal. That's right. Hardcore. Okay, so, Daniel's here tonight because he's also got a Kickstarter running to turn his webcomic into an actual comic with paper and graphics and all kinds of neat new stuff he wants to add to it. So let's talk a little bit about the webcomic, Hardcore and Lethal. Okay, um, yeah, the uh, Hardcore and Lethal actually uh, was first uh, published online about 2000. Um, the original run it, it was uh, 12 stories, uh, you know, 12-page stories, and um, it ran through uh, 2003. Um, actually, actually, um, the uh, first story in the uh, comic, Big Trouble in Little Graceland, was the uh, premiere story from that um, run. Um, then we, um, I had to take a break on that comic, and um, you know, through the years we've tried to to get it started started back up, and um, it just by chance uh, Crossed uh, the attention of uh, Chris Hebert from HB uh, Comics, and he, you know, he was really supportive and really thought it would be a great idea if I were to um, to bring it back for a um, a printed run. Um, thinking, you know, that the, the premise is uh, really good about um, to so, uh, yeah. Let's talk about that uh, just a little bit about about the premise for this. Uh, when did the uh, in 2003, this actually started. Uh, what got uh, you interested in putting together a webcomic? Well, um, you know, at, at that point in time, I, you know, I, I was really just trying to get um, people to look at my art. Uh, I've been doing a lot of um, illustrations of, you know, popular characters and whatnot. And um, I, I've always had a soft spot for independent superheroes. I really didn't see it being represented very well online in the webcomic community. So I wanted to, you know, try my hand at it, try something different, you know, try to give a, um, uh, an alternative for the people you know, who, who read web comics and just wanted to see, you know, good fun, you know, action adventure, you know, superhero comic. Um, 
you know, um, uh, I'd, I'd say, um, that, you know, the original run was, was, was really fun. We, we were able to create a whole bunch of, um, interesting characters, all emulating from, um, the, the South, uh, actually the Atlanta area, um, you know, everybody had been using cities like New York, you know, which is way overdone, um, you know, Los Angeles, Chicago, you know, major cities, but nobody really you know, gave any love to the, uh, South, you know, in, in that regards to having any characters based out of that area. So we thought it would, you know, would be a good idea to, um, base, um, th those characters from that area, um, myself and, um, the original writer, uh, Danny Donovan, uh, he wrote the first 12 stories, like I'd said earlier. And, um, yeah, th th they, um, revolved around hardcore. Who's a, a comic book fan who just wanted to go out and be a superhero. He, you know, um, it, saw a commercial on television for the it complete idiot's guide to superheroing and, you know, thought, you know, that it would be a great thing to purchase. He Basically he said, it, that's um, for me. Oh, pardon me? Basically he said, that's for me. That's for him. Yeah. Not, 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 not realizing that it was, you know, essentially, you know, kind of a joke spoof kind of thing. He took it seriously, you know, he wanted to go do, you know, to do good and, you know, be, be that hero that everybody, everybody wanted, everybody needed, you know, stop crime, you know, and save the day. And, uh, along with him is his, um, sidekick or superhero babysitter, uh, lethal. Uh, she is, She's a uh, trained assassin um, that he had stumbled across in one um, prior to his, um, his 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 adventures, and um, and together they they go out and fight you know evil Elvis impersonators, Elvi Elvises. Uh, I don't know the correct plural term, and um, you know they also. Fight. They have a rogues gallery of many colorful characters drawing from um, different things. Like we have a um, a, a Confederate-based um, character named Mason Dixon, uh, who also appears in this comic. And we have a, quite a few other ones that we would like to get out and get shown to other people. Um, trying, you know, which actually goes to one of the things that, you know, made me want to uh, redo the um, Hardcore and Lethal series, you know, bring it back to print and everything. And, and is the fact that um, a lot of independent comics, they just don't seem to have very iconic, you know, villains. You know, the character, you know, the, the heroes, you know, really eye-catching and everything else, but, we, but you know, it's, it seemed like a lot of the, the villains to the uh, comics were kind of bland, generic, you know, interchangeable and whatnot, you know, and what, when we were uh, developing the um, comic for re-release, we really wanted to um, 
make the uh, characters very noticeable and um, identifiable, iconic, where you can look at them and say, you know, that, that that's a hardcore lethal villain. You know? So <clears throat> this comic has kind of been dormant for a couple of years now, at least on the web. That is, that is correct. Yes. Um, over the years, um, it, it went from a two man operation. We, we ended up getting, um, getting another, um, person to do coloring. Um, and then, um, the original writer and the colorist, um, ended up parting ways with me, um, around 2005. And then we uh, tried for a brief um, return back in uh, 2010, um, which actually that story will be compiled in the uh, second comic, uh, Welcome Home. But um, uh, really until, um, you know, it was, the idea was resurrected by, uh, by HB Comics, you know, um, we really didn't, you know, have a steady uh, art staff or writing staff. Um, yeah. So your Kickstarter is to bring all of the old material together, some of which isn't even online anymore, and add oh. to that a lot of cleanup work for to, to bring it up to the uh, current scale. Well. Um, Actually, the only story that we'll be getting in, you know, any kind of um, of, of a facelift per se will be Big Trouble in Little Graceland. Um, the first, you know, that's the only one I actually still had the um, scans to the artwork. And um, what I ended up doing was because the, the, the scan quality to that art was just so bad it was very grainy um you know it was definitely 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 you know show you know showed off the fact that i was kind of learning as i went you know with the um the web comics you know what kind of resolution to have the images and whatnot uh what we ended up doing was um going over the original artwork much like an anchor would with um a digital um art program and just making it more to the uh, print standards for uh, comics today. So in looking at your Kickstarter, the Kickstarter is for the first issue and also continuing on uh, with some other things in the future. But the first issue has two stories. First one is Big mm -hmm. Trouble in Little Graceland, which is the one that's still currently online and a second story called rebel yell. Uh, mm -hmm. what's the deal with that story? Uh, rebel yell. Um, that's, uh, that story, uh, hardcore lethal go to a, um, a small town in, uh, Georgia and they're going because hardcore's favorite, um, comic book creator, Stan Spiegelman is going to be there for a signing. When they get there, unfortunately, his um, his signing had been called off, and they, they their attention is drawn to a um, civil war reenactment, which is crashed by uh, Mason Dixon and his um, band of flunkies trying to make the South rise again 
and, and hardcore and lethal just are, are there to try to stop this from happening and, you know, bring Mason Dixon and his, uh, his revels to uh, justice. Is that story written yet? And uh, was that ever online? No, that was not online. It, um, actually, everything for the uh, first issue is completed. It's, ah. um, you know, the issue is, is ready to go. It's just, you know, right now it's just pending on the, um, the Kickstarter to be able to take care of, um, you know, the various you know, financial needs to, to get it going, you know, in print. Now, you've also worked with uh, Chris and the guys at HP Comics on a couple of other projects as well? That is correct. Um, Actually, with their um, second title, um, Vindication, I took over the art duties for that title, uh, starting with issue two. I've um, been drawing it since. These are great guys. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, 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 I was, I was just saying, and, and I've done some so- other assorted things like, you know, some promo art and, you know, um, and the banners, one of the banners that they have at their conventions, you know, I, I drew that, <laughs> you know, fun guys but, to work with, aren't they? Oh, they are great guys. They definitely have a passion for, uh, com- comics and, you know, the, uh, superhero genre and all, um, you know, every time I think that, you know, that, that we've kind of leveled out and, you know, we've gotten, you know, everything going and, you know, can't really get much better. They, they, they come up with another idea and, you know, just keep going forward. Well, it's quite a creative team that you, that you're hooked up with at, at HB comics. Uh, we've known them for an awfully long time that they're, they're great guys. So what we're going to do is uh, we're going to link up uh, your Kickstarter project. We're going to link up, the original webcomic, your Facebook page, as well as HB Comics page, which also has you uh, you guys listed there. And uh, hope that your uh, Kickstarter does really, really well. And uh, when it gets funded, uh, we'd love to see what the project looks like. Oh, oh, without a doubt. Uh, I, I would be more than happy to, uh, to, to uh, send you all a copy to uh, check out. That'd be great. It's Daniel White. He's from HB Comics. He's an artist for HB Comics. His uh, new comic uh, Kickstarter is called Hardcore and Lethal. Uh, Check it out if you get the chance. And you're welcome to stay and hang out for the news with us as well. Kriana, it's news time. Yay! Thank you, dear. Yeah. yeah. News! <laughs> Java. So much news. Tell me. You, you want to talk about Mr. Robot? Uh, I would love to talk about Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot. Man, Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot. It's a show. It's a show. On a on, that you forgot on, existed. On USA. Yeah. 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 USA. They haven't had a good show since Psych. Seriously. Um, I never got into Psych. I don't know what it was about it. I just. Um, You're clearly a terrible person. 
clearly <laughs> not a fan of delicious flavor. Goodbye. Okay. Um, I... Yeah. Anyway, Mr. Robot is fantastic. It took a really, really odd left turn this year, didn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, this, the first season was great. And it really... You know, it it, it kind of surprised me uh, as a person who spends a lot of time on computers for no real reason, because I'm a, not... Well, a, yeah. I don't we're, do that. We're geeks. We, we do that. And, yeah. Uh, and I was surprised at a lot of things about how they set up the show. And then... And then they added in the component of mental health and, and, you know, like the, the main character struggles with that. And then, and so it really drew me in this season has done a lot of the same kind of stuff. It really has. And I really am. I mean, it's, it's, it has a lot of the same problems that season two, season two usually sometimes has, uh, with season twos usually have is that what you're saying yeah. season two uh, most season two shows have a couple of problems like they get a little bit too complicated because they're trying to be impressive to keep viewership when they're going up against a whole bunch of new shows they get a lot of new press um and they often um make decisions that sound really good in the writer's room, but don't float well when you they get in front of the fans. And yeah, that's happened a few times with Mr. Robot this season. Uh, you can see both of those things happening. But I still am excited to watch every episode. Uh, I still want to know what's coming next. I want to know um, what Elliot's life is going to be like Elliot and his sister. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know what's going on with them. That life is so strange. And just when you start to think, okay, this is boring, this is stupid, like, what was it, three episodes back, uh, when his psychosis just, Elliot's psychosis totally broke through at the end of the episode. Right. And when, when the psychologist, uh, spoiler alert, when the psychologist says, you know you're not really living at home, don't you? And then you realize for the past five episodes, you've been in his fugue state with him. Well, and the other, the, the, the other part of it that is, you know, the, the question of how reliable is this narrator, which is, which is an important part of, you know, storytelling and doesn't get dealt with very much in, in, in most television shows. That's true. Um, you, don't, you don't get very much of, uh, of the unreliable narrator in television shows because people, it's very confusing for a lot of people. Um, I like that they're playing with that as, it, as a, uh, an archetype, like, or as a, as a trope. Well, um, they definitely are, and it, it makes it so maddeningly wonderful. Yeah, because when they when they pull that reveal, you realize that from that point on, you can't believe anything that comes out of his mouth because it's all getting twisted one way or another. Yeah, and and I mean he's lied to us before, but uh, not not really in this way where there was no 
And, uh, you know, Mr. Robot doesn't have the kind of following that The Walking Dead does. So you can't you can't look at it and say, oh, well, they kept a really great secret. I'm sure that the really hardcore fans who are who are chasing down all of the, you know, references and things are are were aware of it ahead of time. But I wasn't. And that's good enough for me. Oh, I totally wasn't either. Um, The other part of it is. This season, they released uh, t- Telltale worked with USA to create a uh, uh, game. Uh, it's mostly a texting game. Uh, it's it's in this in the vein of a lot of Telltale games where um, you're just you're talking with people and making right. choices. And it's really fun. I had to uh, restart from the beginning, and it takes place over the course of a full actual time week. So you can play, um, you have to play over the course of, in, in real time, a week. Um, <laughs> nice. And you get notifications and things like your phone is actually being used and it, by, or no, you're getting, you're basically texting the people in the show and, and um, then doing work for them along the way. Um, really kind of interesting. And then there was a VR experience before the season started um, that, came out on, on uh, one of the apps. Um, I'm not sure which one it was. It just got rebranded. Um, but one of the VR apps had a Mr. Robot VR experience where you were exp- you were watching um, Elliot's date um, oh, happen God. in front of you. Oh, and God. It was, it was really interesting, actually. It was kind of cool. Um, and it's just a lot of stuff somebody somebody there somebody some producer is making good choices and i'm i'm excited about the show um which is kind of fun to have a summer show before most regular seasons start that i can really enjoy and it's the only thing on right now that i want to watch to be there's honest. not a heck of a lot on to be after honest. strange after i finish binging stranger things that's all i mean that's all i'm really watching right now Oh, do you know what I binged? And there were only 13 episodes of it. A, a Siffy show called The Magicians. I've heard of that. Yeah. Um, and I was... We've watched uh, half of that. It was okay to start. We were really into it. And then we stopped watching it and we just never started again. Yeah. Here's, here's what happens with it. Um, I'm not familiar with the books at all. I know exactly what happens with it. It gets incredibly dark yeah, in the second we half. We got of... to that part where it got dark. I think that's oh, the part no. where we lost interest. And then it gets worse and worse yeah, and worse. We, well, maybe we got farther than I'm giving us credit for. You said there were only 13 episodes. I want to say we got right. to maybe 8 or 9. So. Yeah, well, you got, you got right into the beginning of it getting really ugly. And then it, <laughs> I mean, maybe we got farther than that, huh? You may, you may Let have. I can look; it's right in front of me. Let's see. <laughs> but as far as other shows that that I are, I mean, it's you know, a t- decent show, and the the production values are actually pretty awesome. Really wanna, good, yeah. Do you want to hear what we've been watching for the past few days? Well, oh, actually, what? before this last one, we've been watching Heart of Dixie. which is an awesome show and everyone should watch it um just for leonard breland it's it's on uh it's on planes (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm sure it's on planes. I, I it's totally. On planes. That's I always see that show on planes. It's it's that's the only time I ever see show. it. It's a funny, <laughs> funny show. You know but what? More topically, especially now that it's it's officially pumpkin season, we saw a new show come up on our Netflix called Elevator. <laughs> oh, no. Holy crap! This show Elevator? is amazing. It was produced by the Game Show Network, speaking of networks that you didn't think existed anymore. Um, it is the, the set of twins who are really gothy, and they operate this game show. They're the hosts of the said game show from their little panic room kind of control room place. Oh, good lord. Who did we lose? Oh, guest, guest hung up. Bye. Yeah, we lost um, Daniel. And it's sort of, it's set up in an old slaughterhouse, which is absolutely massive. And it's sort of like Spooky World meets Legends of the Hidden Temple. <laughs> nice. So mm. it's bringing them to these different floors, which are really just the different set scenes. And each, each episode has almost kind of a story to it they're different themes and they're about a haunting so they had an hh holmes episode and then their challenges and the scary things around them had to do with hh holmes so obviously they had acid baths and labyrinths and you know clues on the walls that made no sense and things like that um they had another the last one we just watched was the creepy clown one I mean, you gotta have the creepy clown episode, I guess. Contestants form a three-person team to take on three horror-themed challenges. Yeah, and they scare the absolute, and in some cases, literally piss out of them. <laughs> and it's really fun to watch. It's nice. really, and it's it's done very well. It, it's literally just like watching someone go through spooky world on TV, but with, you know, lighting appropriate for, you know, a TV show. Because I guess if you just filmed spooky world, it would be very interesting. Mm, no, it was creepy as hell. But, you know, they're describing the, the, the horrible smells hitting them, and just, just they just mess with them constantly. You know, they're scared of the dark, so they put them in the dark. And then they scare them by turning the lights on. You know, they constantly keep them off guard. They get them uncomfortable. They get them wet. They get them distracted. Because if they succeed in their challenges, they lose money, right? <laughs> so. <laughs> nice. It's, it's a delicate balance between being, setting them up to fail and, you know. Actually giving them a chance. Yeah, giving them a chance while also making really good TV. And they hit it. And it's not nice. an easy thing to hit. But we have powered through seven of the eight episodes up on Netflix, and it comes back October 7th, I believe. Nice. Uh, I'm looking at it. Uh, season one, uh, season two, episode one, Friday, October 7th. Yes. Look at that off the top of my head. Not bad. You must have been impressed by this puppy. Look, I had news. Yeah, we looked it up. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, 
we could talk about television for a long time. I'm watching a show called My Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which, let me tell really, you, you guys. Like that? Is that the one? Wait. It's not. It's does not, she sing all the time? She sings all the time. Okay, you know who that is, right? It's, uh. It's Rachel Bloom. Me? It's Rachel no, Bloom. No, that's Rachel Bloom. Who's is it really? Show. Yeah. She's been oh. on the show. Um, I forgot We that. actually started watching that, and I could not get through even the first episode. Well, it just reminds me a lot of my life. Sure, it's just not for me. I understand why many people relate to it. And two two or three minutes into it, I said, you know you know who this is. And, yeah. I completely Apparently. didn't yeah. get that, but that now that, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, you know sweet. I've watched the video of her singing Seasons of Love in Klingon enough times that I really just recognized her singing voice. Wow. <laughs> okay, that's impressive on its own. Uh, but in, in other television news, uh, Doctor Who might be back sooner than expected. Yeah. By sooner, it means not soon enough, because I miss it. Can Peter Capaldi play the guitar in a sexy manner in the TARDIS now, please? Ever. Please. Always. Completely. Yeah. With a companion that's not annoying. He doesn't need one. It's fine the way it is. Yeah. You know, uh, can I just, this is an aside, I am getting really tired of having to justify my my affinity for Peter Capaldi to Doctor Who fans, especially the ones that sure are them. recent converts. Can you just, like, take a moment, please? Shut the hell up. I mean, like, okay, yeah, they were writing him really, really badly when he first joined, like, really The first badly. season, yeah. But he's gotten so good. Anyway. The same um, can be said of Matt Smith, though. He was not entertaining. He was really, really abrasive. He was. At the, I mean, well, I mean, he hit that first episode really well. Yeah, and then stopped. He, he went up and down, and it was good or bad. Yeah. And th until he hit his stride, and or beat some sense into a writer or something. I don't know. But you know we've got we've got Doctor you know, Who possibly coming back Netflix, in April. I, I want to talk Netflix. for a minute. Uh, yeah, go back to Netflix for a second. They Netflix has been kind of up and down with their uh, their Marvel universe. Uh, their uh, Jessica Jones was an amazing series, and I can't wait to see it come back, and I hope that it does soon. Well, and the they're Doctor about Who to reference in it. Absolutely. And uh, yes, an amazing Doctor Who reference in it. Because the villain that you thought they killed, they actually didn't. Obviously. And the first spinoff from the Jessica Jones series isn't Daredevil, which I still don't like and I'm not ever going to like. But it's Luke Cage, which is probably one of the coolest spinoffs. Oh, what's it? is that What's-His-Face? Who's kind of like her sidekick? Yes. No, the guy who owned the bar. Yeah, what's his face? Who's kind of like her sidekick? Luke Cage. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, I there's... thought you said the Cage. Like that was his superhero no. name. I don't know what his name is. God. Luke Cage. <laughs> it's a guy. good superhero name. It's a great superhero name, and his uh, the Luke Cage series debuts. September 30th and in just a couple of weeks and I'm really 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 looking forward to that that's just 
that that's a, should be another home run for them uh, so that it blots out the stain of Daredevil. Yeah, there's no coming back from that. I think there isn't. That needs to be just left alone by the. It side was. Of the road. It was just. It was just a really great first season, and then they just didn't do it the way they should have. Well, for some better. of us, <laughs> for some of us, it was a really great first season. For others of us, it wasn't even a good first season, and they promised they were going to fix a whole bunch of stuff, and they didn't. Java, that comment you just made really reminded me of a really, really old show opener that we used to have, and you said something like, it was a really great show for a while. <laughs> oh, that's do you remember right. that? <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. Yeah, someday we're going to redo the opening with all like kinds of little here. cute little quotes that we've come up with over the years. Yeah, and, and there's, I mean, there's lots of other stuff to talk about too. Gotham is teasing stuff, which is great. All right. I so, mean, how do you feel about Gotham, though? Uh, I'm not excited about it, but what? I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> okay. Why aren't you excited about it? And why, if you're not excited about it, are you gonna watch it anyway? Okay, so here's how I feel about Gotham. Gotham, I watch Gotham because uh, I like the Penguin, and I like the Riddler, and I, I'm watching it for the villains. And I'm also watching it for Selena Kyle, because she's Who's fantastic. very cute in that show, yeah. She's fantastic. She's a great actress, and she's doing a good job. And Bruce Wayne is starting to kind of get his stride, I St think. Starting to not be an asshole. Yeah. Start, starting to not be, be annoying. Like, kid actors are often annoying. And I, I say kid actors in the full knowledge that the kid who's playing Bruce Wayne is probably, like, 17. Right. But, like... <laughs> Um, they're just they're just annoying and they don't have very much depth. And uh, and Selena, the the girl who's playing Selena, the Kyle is not that way. And so I really enjoy watching that. the The people that I don't like watching on that show are the people who get the most amount of screen time, namely uh, Jim Gordon and his crazy Barbara. I don't think you're supposed to like him, honestly. I don't think you are either, but, like, it's not, man, I really don't like that guy. It's get that guy off the screen. That's where it, that's, oh, I love Bullock. Ooh, scruffy Bullock guy? Fantastic. Scruffy especially Policeman. Scruffy McPoliceman, there you go. Yeah, I especially like the fact that he's now, like, the de facto chief. <laughs> yeah, that, that kind of just laugh. got dropped on him right at the end. It makes me laugh so much. Um, so anyway, that's fun watching him be uncomfortable about that. That's really fun. Um, but like all of that stuff isn't enough to make me really excited about watching it. I'm just so, I'm just gonna watch it. See now, on the other hand, I kind of had to be talked into watching it. Yeah, I can see that. 
sorry, I hit the sneeze button because I had to sneeze. And, uh, you know, because A, not a fan of Batman, big fan of the Penguin, but didn't really like what I was seeing in commercials and stuff. But you guys talked me into watching season one. So uh, I kind of just... Overall, it's a good show. Overall, it is a quality piece of work. Yeah. And there are some great ca characters, uh, and, and they're being done in a way that the comic books never did. Yeah. The, the Joker stuff is really interesting. That... That What's the idea Joker stuff again. I don't remember when he came in. Well, the Joker uh, was the was the kid at the um, sideshow or the the circus, right. and the, and then he died and ended up dying. And his his biological father uh, cursed him and said he would be a curse on the city. And ever since then, there have been little hints, and you see those like like graffiti and people with those wide smiles and it just kind of um you're waiting to figure out how they bring him back because you know in one form or another that's what they're going to do well and, and it's just a different take it's like it's the same with enigma as the riddler yeah and but this particular brand of psycho is scary because it's it's easy and believable. Right. You're right. I think, to some degree, that's what makes those villains work in ways that other villains simply don't. There's an aura, there's, there's an edge of, damn, I can see this happening in well, virtually like, all. No, I don't think so. I think just him. Because it's not like he's, like, the assistant to this crazy mob boss like the penguin or he got was gypsy cursed or whatever no he's just ed in the audience yeah, that no one and, really pays attention to he says and weird fell things in love and kind of went and off the he went psycho and killed the woman's abusive boyfriend which you know okay i think every, everyone would be like pretty fine yeah. with that Overall. Absolutely. And he just makes this series of decisions, and all of a sudden you stand back and go, holy shit, he's a monster. But a normal <laughs> person could make those decisions. They might yep. seem like the logical decision at the time. Maybe not exactly that way, but it's it, it, it can and it does happen. Yep. But I think that each of them is compelling because they're so different. I don't think they're all the same at all. I didn't say they're all the same, but they all have that edge to them, and that, that I think, is what makes it I worse. I don't think he has much of an edge at all to him. Yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, there's I, there's definitely, like, the, the film noir type of attitude towards Gotham, which is understandable. I mean, that's where a lot of that's the... That's what Gotham is, yeah. That's what Gotham came from. I mean, that's what it was... That It's like... I always say this, and people... My students are always amazed. Batman came from a detective comic. Like that's where Batman started. It was he was a detective. He's not a superhero. He does not he's have not a powers. Superhero. Right. So so you've got to put him into an entirely different category. 
that's why another reason why I have no interest in Batman versus Superman. But um, can't bother. There's like, no interest. I just, to have. <laughs> I, I think it's I think it's an interesting show. But like I said, I'm not excited about it. I'm not like really. I don't really. I'll watch it, but I'm not gonna go back to it. It's like it's like how I felt two seasons ago about Grimm. Which I have not, I have completely stopped watching, mostly because there's just plain not enough at Monroe in that so show. So it's like how we felt five years ago about Grimm. <laughs> and I'm the only one still watching it. I don't know how long it's been on, but I assume that was around season two. Yeah. So. Uh, well, you fell out season four. Uh, last season was season five, and the last season is, is this year. Yeah, so we so only watched, it, like, the first season and a half of it, and we're like, not enough Monroe, throw it out. <laughs> and, you know, if there's going to be a criticism of it, that's valid. There hasn't yeah. been enough of him since the beginning, since they introduced an incredibly complex character to that show. I don't get Amongst- how shows do this. They're <laughs> like, oops, all of a sudden my secondary character is way more interesting than our lead. <laughs> um, how does this so, happen? So let's not do anything about that. Let's just leave him there. That's kind of what they did. Which is yep. kind of sad. But, you know. And that's what network television does to a very large degree. I mean, we, we could talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. coming back. No, I'm not going to. Not right now, anyway. I haven't watched that in a while, and I still haven't finished the second season of Peggy. And I probably won't. You're probably not going to finish that either. Because um, it got boring. It got worse? It got horribly boring towards the end. Mm. And all the online petitions to bring it back will come to nothing. No, because just, let, just let it die. They did not write it. The first season was the best that it was going to be. They did a decent job with it. And that's fine. The first season was very good. Yeah. I think they made a huge mistake taking it to Hollywood. Uh, they made a number of huge mistakes. And that was one of them. You know, yeah. we haven't. We haven't talked about Boston Comic-Con, and we're going to save that. And we haven't talked about Kriana's and Zombrarian's trip to the Void, which I don't want to do without Zombrarian here, and we want to get the Void guys on here. So okay, when but you... I will say this. It was fucking awesome. <laughs> See, I so knew if, I if you're up... in New York and you get the chance, I and by get the chance, I mean you have Make... whatever 25 bucks to spare and you're in the area of Manhattan, go. Just go. Don't Just, listen to anything else that anyone says, because no one can describe the experience of actually doing it. Not even the people who work there. They try really hard. But they're like, it's it, inadequate. Just go. Just do it. You're going to love it. It's it, it's true. It's all true. Just go. Well, we're going to have some people from The Void on in, in a couple of weeks so that Kriana and Zombrarian can you talk to them. You think we're living in the future because we can order pizza from the toilet on our smartphones? This is even <laughs> further in the future, baby. This is like <laughs> flying fucking cars future, okay? Thank you, Fry. And, this is and, like this is like drone-delivered pizza to your toilet. <laughs> <laughs> no, it would be like transporter to your toilet. <laughs> Although I like the use of drones, so maybe the transporter Everybody. delivers the drone, which delivers your pizza to the toilet. 
<laughs> the transporter work? brings yes. the drone into your house, yeah. which then flies into the bathroom. For it, you. And the drone finds you from the GPS chip on the back of your neck, right? <laughs> right. Yes. Absolutely. Or in your iPhone watch. <gasps> or or in your ear AirPods, because they look AirPods. just like that one episode of Doctor Who with the Cybermen, don't they? They absolutely do. You know why? <laughs> because why it's the future! You know what, though? I really like today that Apple announced a re- revolutionary new product, which is essentially an aluminum and glass rectangle. Good job, everyone. <laughs> Got another year out of it. It's new. Go. It's a new one. And we could, we could list all the things wrong with Apple today, starting with Car Karaoke Tim Cook Edition, but let's not. And you and I all know that beginning tomorrow, people would begin screaming, shut up and take my money. Beginning yeah. tomorrow, people are already doing it. Uh, okay. Actually, pre-orders don't start till Friday. Start till Friday, but people are already screaming about it. Um, I saw a picture on Twitter, and actually someone sent it to me, and I said, you know what, it just looks like they have a, a toothbrush head in their ear, like from an electric toothbrush. Turns out, they did. That's exactly what uh, it was. But it fooled me for a second, because I really thought it was one of them. <laughs> I was like, that was uncanny. Uncanny. Ooh. It fooled me. So. I was like, wow, those look just like toothbrushes. Because they are. It was. Oh, Lord. Hey, Kriana. Do you have any idea who's on the show next week? I assume not someone made of vapor. Well, I have no idea either. So, so let's move on to the rest of it. You're going to start the music. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Boston Comic Con. Granite Con, Northeast Comic Con, booksandbooze.com, and comicarthouse.com. Visit Comic Art House for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Our intro production and music was provided by Rob Watts. Find more of his creations on robwattsonline.com. And our outro music was provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. Check out more of their groups on lawrencemademecry.com. And Joe, she's having a yard sale on Etsy. Check it out. I want to thank our guest tonight, artist Daniel White, for joining us and talking about his new uh, web comic. It's a Kickstarter. Kickstarter. To publish paper versions of his already perfect web comic. I don't know why anyone would want to do that, but it's not my place to judge. But he does. But I will. And we'll have links to all of that. Many thanks to the gang for joining us tonight from the Act in Action Time Warp. Sweetheart of the Soundboard, Brianna. Thank you, dear. If you say so. And I kind of do. Back from the shadows, which means uh, a couple more weeks of con season left. Thank you, Java. Bonjour. Hey, happy first week of school, my friend. Oh, dude, it's week four, man. <laughs> Where have you been? Yeah, really. This is Dome saying Terry and Jeannie shared pain is lessened, shared joy increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everyone. <laughs>